Let's look at Romans chapter 11 for a while. Um, I have shared several of the verses, but let me uh, just read them if I can do that uh, and not uh, get too deeply into uh, some of the points I was making before. In Romans chapter 11, uh, we'll start at verse 1. It says, Israel's rejection is not total. So Israel has been rejected, uh, but a remnant is saved in every generation. Verse 1 says, I say then, as God cast away his people, that means thrust them away, got rid of them, pushed them out, repudiated them, refused them. Paul says, certainly not. For I also am an Israelite of the seed of Abraham of the tribe of Benjamin. And what he's saying is, God just plucked, picked me out, chose me, and I was an insolent man, very arrogant, doing crazy things, and God saved me. I wasn't even basically looking for him in this, this case because he was persecuting everybody who believed in Jesus, everybody he could find. He says, God has not cast away his people whom he foreknew. So it's the second time he mentions, mentions cast away, you know, thrust out of his sight, driven them away. He says he has not cast away his people whom he foreknew. I want you to not be afraid of the foreknowledge of God. There's so many believers who are afraid of the foreknowledge of God. They think there's some creepy thing that God has foreknowledge and that God has done things for us. Uh, and we are standing here now because God foreknew us. We're sitting here because God foreknew us. And so why would we want to disavow foreknowledge? And God doesn't, as some explain it away, that God looked through the telescope of time and saw it and therefore he knew it. Makes no sense at all. God doesn't need a telescope to see. Okay. So let's catch you up. Or do you not know what uh, the scripture says of Elijah? And so there are people who are thinking that, well, God has chosen the Gentiles. He's thrust away his people. Now the Gentiles are the new Israel and all of that. He, he says, well, what, let's look at the scripture. What it says of Elijah. Because Elijah was in the at, uh, same place. He had... A bad understanding, not he was a bad person, but he had a, a terrible understanding of, of God and the remnant. And he says, he pleased with God against Israel, saying, Lord, they have killed your prophets torn and torn down your altars, and I alone am left. I'm alone. I'm the only one left, and they seek my life. But what does the divine response say to him? I have reserved for myself 7,000 men who have not bowed the knee to Baal. God says, I've got people reserved. You don't know about them, but I've got them reserved. I want to encourage you tonight to keep going with Jesus. Don't stop. Because the proof of our salvation is that when the, the going gets tough, we keep going. That's the proof of our salvation. You may have a dip in faith, but you don't have a, a, a total loss of faith. There may be sometimes you cry to God, help me. And if you've never done that, you've not been in, in the difficult places. I've prayed, help me, because I felt like I was fading. I felt like I couldn't go on. The pressures were too great. The pain was too much. It's okay, but we keep going. We keep going. So Paul explains to his audience that even so then at this present time, there is a remnant that's like uh, 
as a surviving trace of something, a vestige of it, or a remainder. Remember, uh, we were we were kids. We were learning how to divide, and we would say, uh, like four into thirteen uh, goes three, and 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 the remainder one. Remember that? I can hear how we used to sing those little you know, four into thirteen. You know, you know goes. <laughs> is three and the remainder is one. So we have um, this remnant is like a remainder. There were many who lost their way, but there was a remainder. They were the remnant. And he says that that even at this present time, there is a remnant. And Paul was talking about um, a little bit less than 2,000 years ago. And here we are, and, and here we are uh, today, there's still a remnant. There's a remnant. And this is how he says, according to the election of grace. So he talks about God's election of grace, or God's choosing. God just picks somebody out. That um, Let me read this definition. I, I did not read this part the last time. Let me see. It says, the act of God by which before the foundation of the world, he decreed his blessings to certain persons. To uh, the decree made from choice by which he determined to bless certain persons through Christ by grace alone. It, it's, uh, it says here, um, a thing or a person that's chosen, and it says God's elect. And I wrote under that that God does not need to see before he knows. His righteousness does not depend on things outside of himself. He is independent of the actions of others. He is self-existent, and his righteousness is who he is. And whatever he decides is righteous and just. So this is what we must understand. Let me continue to look here. And Okay, I've got a little time. Thank you. I'm moving a little fast. Is that okay? Okay. My, this thing was freezing up. And so he says that, according to the election of grace, and, and if by grace, then it is no longer of works. So Paul wants us to understand the Jews really missed God because they were trying to work for their salvation. They were doing all these things for salvation. And some Christians even today are trying to work the, uh, the salvation. Oh, yeah, you have to work out your soul's salvation, your salvation with fear and trembling, for it is God who works in you. So what you're doing is you're using the doings of God to keep going and not your own human works. That's what that looks like. So you work out your salvation with fear and trembling, for it is God who works in you. So God is doing the work. I'm doing the believing. I'm doing the trusting. I'm doing the keep going. Right? That's not good grammar, but you get it. Yeah, sometimes good grammar didn't make it. And if by grace, then it is no longer works. Otherwise, grace is no longer grace. Do you get that? Let me read it again. It's taken me some time to really internalize this. And if by grace, then it is no longer of works. They are mutually exclusive. They are mutually exclusive. And he says, otherwise, grace is no longer grace. So if works come into the formula, then grace is no longer grace. It's been nullified. And there are believers right now who feel like they're working it out. They're doing all the work. No, God's grace did that. And so God's grace brought you the work of God in your life. That's what happens. You know, this is better than we have known. And he says, but if it is of works, 
it's no longer of grace. Otherwise, work is no longer work. And I, I'm grateful to Paul for that. And so grace is the, uh, the unmerited favor of God. Um, I, I talk about this uh, in Cairo in Egypt is called the gift of the Nile. And uh, we, we've lived there, my family, we've lived there and it's in this desert place. But what the Nile River did, it brought all the fertile soil and, and of course water from deep in Africa, brought it down there and just dumped all that fertile soil in the middle of the desert. That's what grace is. That's what grace is. Yeah, and so, but grace, the work is what you do, the product of your hands. Um, let me, uh, I'm gonna skip a few of these because we've gone over them before. But let's look at 1 Timothy chapter 1, verses 15 and 16. 1 Timothy chapter 1, verses 15 and 16. He says, this is a faithful saying worthy of all acceptance, that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners. That's why Jesus came to save sinners. You look around this, this house, and we could look online, and there are a lot of, uh, of people who were just sinners, and God came to save people like we were. And, and, and we are now saved by the grace of God. It's not of our works, but it's because of his love. And Paul goes on to say, of whom I'm chief, I am chief. So Paul saw himself as the chief of sinners. Verse 16 says, however, for this reason, Paul says, I obtained mercy. He says he was the chief of sinners. However, for this reason, we're going to read the reason. I obtained mercy that in me first, Jesus Christ might show all long suffering. Paul was a bad little guy. Arresting uh, men, and, and, men and women, dragging them out of their homes. Didn't care if you were female, drug you out of your house arrested you. That was a bad guy. Holding the clothes of those who were murdering Stephen. I'm holding that. So that means he was participating. But listen, he says, for this reason, I obtained mercy, that in me first, Jesus might show all long suffering. Some of us could probably say, I was really bad. I've had brothers that say to me, Pastor, I was really bad. And some of the things that start to tell you, oh man, don't tell me anymore. That. I was really bad, and God saved me. And Paul is saying that God chose him that he might show, display all long-suffering. God is long-suffering, and this is what he wants us to understand. He's even long-suffering with Israel. He is long-suffering with our relatives, and he's been long-suffering with us. And he might show all long-suffering. Now listen, as a pattern as a pattern. I've talked to you about all, all of us have patterns in our lives that we are unaware of, we're, we are, of which we are unaware, okay? Uh, but let me do East Texas, we're unaware of, right? Of which we're unaware as a pattern to those who are going to believe on him for everlasting life, for everlasting life. We didn't get into this for the short run, we are in it for the long run, eternal life. And this is what God has promised. Amen. Amen. And I want you to start asking the Lord for those patterns in your life that show God is for you. And, and since God is for you, no one can be against you. 
I want you to see that. So Paul asks the question in verse 7, what then? Don't you know, and I've said to you before, Paul asks the question, he knows the answers, though. So every time somebody asks you a question, they're not looking for information. So be careful. He says, Israel has not obtained what it seeks, but the elect have obtained it. Those that God chose beforehand have obtained it. You're here. You've obtained these things, these, these God things, Christ things, Jesus things, because God foreknew you. <laughs> That's why. That's why. There'll be people who say, oh, I don't believe that. Well, they're just wrong. They're not bad people. They're just wrong. They're just wrong. You don't have to worry because salvation is dependent on Him and us believing and trusting Him. That's what this, it is about, not about you and your resilience, you and, and uh, your capacity to endure. No, you're just like the rest of sinners without Jesus. You have no capacity but God. So let's walk in that. Let's, let's love that. Let's embrace that. Paul says, he says, the elect have obtained uh, the salvation and the rest were blinded. This is, this is deep water here. This is deep water. This should not discourage you. This should encourage you. And so when we say encourage you, mean that God, by his grace, is pouring heart inside of you. Amen. Have you ever seen athletes and those who don't have heart knows it do? There's a huge difference. I've seen little guys with so much heart, they, they have more heart than that big, big, big guy. And they'll outdo them. I've seen it. Yeah, I've seen it. You have to read my Joe Boy story. It's a, it's a little bit of that one day. But listen what happens. The rest were blinded. So God is righteous in all that he does. And Paul says, just as it is written. And so when Paul says, as it is written, he means that it cannot be negated, can be changed. And this is what he says. God has given them a spirit of stupor, eyes that they should not see, and ears that they should not hear to this very day. So God gave these uh, people who were not seeking God the way he prescribed, the spirit of stupor. And that has to do with insensibility. You know, their senses are dull. They have a sluggish mind. Um, and the spirit of stupor has to do with a state which renders their soul so insensible that they are not affected at all by the offer God made the, them of salvation through Jesus. They're not even aware of it. So, so this is what Paul is saying. So uh, this just has kind of the, the idea of being asleep or maybe sleeping on your arm or something and your arm is numb, you can't feel it. You know, it's just, it's, you can't move it. That's what they became. And so, so Paul says in, in verse 9, he says, and David says, and David says, and when he says that again, what does he mean? He means it cannot be negated. It's written. It's real. He says, as David said, uh, let their table, their place of blessing, let their table become a snare and a trap, a stumbling block and a recompense to them. Let their eyes be darkened so that they do not see and bow down their back always. And so David pronounced on them God's sentence. And so what we're looking at, and I started out by saying 
let me go back to my first point, is that Israel's rejection is not total. It's not total. Now listen, let's look at Psalm 69, 22 through 23. Let's look at Psalm 69, verses 22 and 23. And this is where, uh, what David said, and I'm reading again. Let their table become a snare before them and their well-being a trap. Let their eyes be darkened so that they do not see and make their loins shake continually. And so uh, this place of blessings from the hand of God, which should have led them to Christ, but became the cause of their rejection, should have led them to Christ. It became a snare and a stumbling block. Uh, and so God's judgment on them uh, was because they refused to receive God's truth. And that's what happened to Israel. They refused to receive God's truth. And when the scripture says their back uh, will be bent under the weight, what, uh, uh, always bent, what does that mean? Under the weight of guilt and punishment. That's what happens. So, but you and I are not that way. So let's look at a, a few other verses um, before we, we end this evening. Israel's rejection, however, is not final. And I find myself praying for, for Israel. I want to see Israel come into their fullness. I feel like, like I'm, I'm living, quote unquote, in Israel's blessings. And, and I'm looking at the, the children um, are, are cast out. They're on the outside and I'm living in their blessings. And I, I want to enjoy the blessings with them because uh, Paul talks about uh, when, they're, when they come to the Lord, it's going to be a glorious day. It's going to be a good God Almighty day. And I want them to come. Uh, but in the meantime, I'm enjoying their blessings. And I, I hope there are Jewish people watching. And you see, I'm enjoying your spiritual blessings. I'm enjoying the fullness of God. I'm enjoying the spirit of God that was promised to you. And I want them to be very jealous. Yeah. So let's, but we can never make them jealous being divided like so many of us are. We have, and perhaps I'll get another example, but we have drunk the Kool-Aid. Somebody said, drink this Kool-Aid, you drank it. And it was poisonous to you. And you became ineffective. There are believers now who want to contradict what God is doing because, because there is a way that seems uh, right to a man or a woman, but the end is the way of death. And we are seeing this godlessness all throughout our nation and the world. It is tragic. And then there are believers who are still conflicted. Wow. So David talked about the Jewish people who were conflicted, and I'm talking about those of us who are conflicted. All right? All right? You got very quiet. Verse 11 says, I say then, have they stumbled that they should fall? And what that means is when Paul says fall, when you stumble, a lot of times you'll fall, but you get up. So when he says, uh, have they stumbled that they should fall? That means have they fallen beyond recovery? Have they fallen so much, so hard that they can't get up? And that's, what does he say? Certainly not. But through their fall, something wonderful happened. Through their fall, to provoke them to jealousy, salvation has come to 
all of y'all, all of us Gentiles. And so Israel, whether they're admitting it or not, they don't like us claiming their God and, and, and walking around displaying all of these amazing blessings. You must display these blessings. You must not feel that, that oh, I don't want to do that. I don't want to raise my hand. I don't, I don't want to clap. I don't want to hear hallelujah. It makes me uncomfortable. What a shame. How, how does your behavior make God feel? How does it make the one who, who hung on that cross and bled and died for you, how does it make him feel? It's, it's not about you. It's not about you. It's about him. That I don't like the way it makes me feel. I don't like the people saying, praise the Lord. Hallelujah. I want blessed quietness. No, it's quietness, but it may not be too blessed. You know what I'm trying to say? That's how we Christians are. And so now look, look at verse 12. Now, if their fall, it's mean the, 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 the Jewish people, is riches for the world. That's, that's my, wow. So their fall, their failure, has been wealth for the world, wealth for Gentiles, and their failure, riches for the Gentiles. How much more their fullness? So when they come, it's really great. Now listen, I'm not going to keep going. Can I put a comma and, and, and take up this Sunday? So Sunday, I'm going to talk about the rest of this. What advantage then has the Jew? Or what is the profit of circumcision? I'm going to go over that again and show you much in every way. But until then, I'm asking that all of us recognize what God has done for us. And don't bring just your opinions to the table. Bring what God has said about it to the table. Bring the power of God to the table, not just your view, your personal view or your experience. If there's anybody in this house, I, I trust I've said something that may, may just have made you think. And perhaps you're not saved and you want to give your heart to Jesus. You can do that. It's the best thing that you'll ever done. And I'm going to come back in a minute. The elders are going to come. But, but you can come even while Sister Stephanie is doing a rendition here. Uh, you can come and they'll pray with you, lead you to the Lord. If there's another issue, they'll do that. And I'll be back in a moment. <laughs> 